Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Don't be afraid to be great. It don't get no better than that, man. He's like wide open receiver across midfield. Still good. Missouri, amazing. Where's the noise? This is the Mazad Cast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my uh, longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, we are here today to podcast about Saturday's football game at Faroe Field. Missouri took on Texas A&M the first time, I think, since 2013 when we won the SEC East. This time turned out a little bit differently. Missouri lost 35-14. to And we were never in it. No, it's uh, hard to win a football game that you bury yourself down by three touchdowns almost immediately. Yeah, this is a team that is concerning. I mean, I think that we are watching the unraveling of confidence in the coaching staff week by week. And we're all getting there at different points, but you're just gauging what you, the reaction you get from social media, the reaction you get from just our voicemails, you see that fewer and fewer people are making excuses or saying, well, if this would change or that would change, we'd get it fixed. I mean, it's getting to be pretty pessimistic around Tiger country. Yeah, it's ugly to watch the defense, especially. I mean, they're, that early run by a and I mean, they were just doing whatever they wanted. Our defensive line doesn't lay a glove on anybody. I saw their coaching staff decided that even though Chad Bailey played better than Blaze Aldridge, they'd find a way to work him in often, early and often to the <laughs> yeah. defense. Because, you know, if you fix something, why not re-break it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I will say this. I think the back end is okay. I think our, our D-backs are good. I think our, our safeties are okay. And our linebackers are certainly not good. I wouldn't say that's, a, that's the wrong adjective. But I don't hate them as much as they're just overexposed because there's no defensive line the the back end's overexposed because who can cover for six straight seconds you know if your defensive line can get nowhere near anyone it's it's tough it, I, the defensive line at times applied pressure but nowhere even close to what you could consider consistently the defense was just not there Bazelak had probably his worst game so far he continues to play awful i mean to the point where even some from the blue check bar crowd were saying, what's the harm in putting Macon in the game and maybe letting him get some snaps or cook? Well, and, Colin, uh, the, the talk I hear is that Macon doesn't have the Macons of a Division One quarterback. He's just been so <laughs> – yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, he, I hear he's very inaccurate in practice and that you might soon learn to realize, well, Bazelak might be the best option we have at this point. I don't know. Cook might be ready. 
But yeah, I mean, we're a long way from where Colin, you were basically seeing for a long time now into the second season that given the different talent and skill sets that Drew Locke and Bazelak had that you would prefer a Bazelak on your team. Are you ready to walk that back? Yeah, I am. I mean, Bazelak, what Bazelak had was poise, essentially, you know, and he's three, three with, with accuracy. And both of those things have completely left him. I mean, he's throwing interceptions. He seems rattled, which was, you know, I mean, that was his biggest, I don't know, the biggest feather in your cap. You just watched this kid last year who was your red cert freshman, and he just seemed to, the, the lights didn't seem to be too bright at any point. And then this season, it's just, you know, it has been shit down both legs, hot dog water style. Hot dog water. Beatty played well, as he always does, but he it was hard to get anything going, obviously, but he caught some balls. He made some decent runs. He's a guy who, um, it doesn't matter whether you're playing Texas A&M or Valdosta State, Beatty is good enough to play with anybody. And so he showed up, but it's just when a defense can key on him because it's all you've got going. You know, well, it seemed like early, they maybe they'd listen to the show. They they threw some, they threw the tight end over the middle. They threw the uh, Kiki Chisholm over the middle. And I thought, oh, maybe they listened to the Mazzotti cat, but that went away. And Chisholm, I think, had at least two uh, completions taken out of, out of his stat sheet by penalties, which is, you know, something that I had tweeted about. You know, I was being maligned for being too negative, but this team is not disciplined, you know, and, and the penalties are the easiest way to see that. They could not help but shoot themselves in the foot. It was a lot of penalties and mistakes on the quarterback part, sure. I mean, the problem with all of this that we're talking about is that we already have a huge, huge, huge gaping hole in this team, and it's in the entire defense. And so when your offense can't produce when everybody's getting penalties on both sides of the ball. How can you stop shooting yourself in the foot? Like every way there is to make a mistake, they seem to have found a way to do it this year. And it's getting worse and worse, particularly because the offense seems to be degrading before our eyes. The defense has always been this bad, but now there's no offense either. So like basically when you don't have an offense and you don't have a defense, you don't have a fucking football team. And now the intensity of the talk about canning Steve Wilkes before the end of this season has grown. And Colin, there was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a step back and walk this off and say, look, Hey, this is a lost season. I have to be aware that we're Mizzou fans. We're not Alabama fans. And we're going to have seasons like this. So there's ups and there's downs and we're just clearly in the down. But at the same time, like I mentioned before, I don't want to be like an Arkansas fan. We're like, well, yeah, we lost to you. Tennessee really bad that year, but we were really down that year because like we tell Arkansas every year, every season counts. Like you don't get to pick which are your years and which are not your years. So this season counts. And the more we lose and the more embarrassingly we lose, and we're going to be losing because we're going to lose to Georgia and we are likely to lose to Florida. It just gets tougher and tougher to swallow. And I don't know. I I have a sneaky suspicion that if things continue the way they are and they will, that Steve Wilkes will not be around by the end of the season. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. That's a, that's gonna be a bitter pill for Drinkwist to have to swallow because it would be a, I mean, not that anybody can't see it, but it would be a huge admission of, you know, a serious fuck up on his part. But well, I think at this point, Colin, I mean, we're reading it in the local newspapers and they're, you know, calling the decision to hire Wilkes horrid or disastrous. I mean, we're past that point, I think, at this point. And it's just a matter of when rather than if, because answers will have to be made and Drinkwitz ain't going to fire himself. But at the same time, you're talking about discipline issues and offensive issues. And Steve Wilkes can't be blamed for all of those. You know, I, I made a tweet at the halftime. I'm like, you can't blame Odom or Wilkes for fucking tucking tail and running to the locker room at the halftime rather than trying to score. 
Yeah, some that points. Was... You know what I mean? Like that was just as gutless as I've ever, you know, for and for a coach who's supposed to be, you know, an aggressive offensive play caller, and and I just feel like part of what Drinkwitz is 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 an attitude. He's he's confidence. He's swagger. Or what have you? You know what I mean? That that's his brand. You know, like we're going to go out there. We're not going to be intimidated. We're going to attack. And then yeah, it seems to be his brand. Except at halftime when he's like, oh, I think we'll just cover our heads and run to the locker room, sucking our thumbs, because that's what it felt like. It was disheartening well you know, colin i was just felt like giving up i was upset by it at the time but i got even more pissed i think or i just kind of got more unsettled by the decision when i heard his rationale for it after the game during the post-game press conference when he basically said we, we didn't want to give them the ball back and we'd already had two turnovers we didn't want to do it again and i just thought like so you don't believe in your team is that what you're saying your rationale is for for not wanting to try to do something at that stage in the game is that you just don't believe your team is capable of doing it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a bad How point to be in. How the hell are we ever going to do a two-minute drive? Have you seen us play football? <laughs> yeah, might as well give it up now. We can't do this. I mean, that was like shit. So you're saying we, we're not good enough to do it. Like you think a possession for Mizzou means a turnover. And I mean, well, especially when you have a kicker like Nevis. I mean, like get a, give him a chance. There's a half dozen uh, NFL football teams that would benefit from having Nevis on their roster right now. And that guy plays for you. Like give the guy a chance or, you know, like I said, just suck your thumb and tuck your dick between your legs like Buffalo Bill and from the movie go home (laughs) yes not the not the super fan from the movie it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again (laughs) but you know what I mean like just what are you doing you know chicken shit yeah I mean that's a it's a bold terminology for it come but I think I felt the same way I did it seemed cowardly you you watch Lane Kiffin go for it for from fourth and three like in midfield when the game's still very much in doubt and you think and you're worried about fucking giving the ball back with a little bit of time left at the end of the half I mean god damn it did seem just like a soft move yep it seemed like the move of a man with a limber limber cock <laughs> okay well it seemed to level a out tiny, a tiny tiny limber little cock <laughs> <laughs> it's all possible. The game sort of leveled out at halftime and got boring. Uh, we did get on the board, obviously. I think a lot of the talk I saw too, Colin, was sort of the the woe a lot of Mizzou fans have and that we love Tyler Beatty so much and he continues to impress and is clearly the best player on this football team. But he is here helping a team which is an absolute dumpster fire. And it's sad for him. Yeah, it is. And like he had a, he had a run that I, I think the um, announcers had pointed out. Like when they, when he's drafted, you know, they always show your your clip reel, your scissor reel when you're drafted. They're like, well, that run will be on the scissor reel because basically he kept a And M defender at bay, like kind of stiff armed him. When the defender finally got a hold of him, he just couldn't stop him. He just drug the guy into the end zone, scored a touchdown, and she's like, well, there's Beatty being Beatty. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said, is is thank God for Beatty to give us something to, to hold on to. It was ugly. By halftime, most Mizzou fans had said fuck this noise and uh, had left. It's just been an embarrassing year. I haven't jumped ship on Drinkwitz yet. And I wanted to make, I prefaced that in one of our tweets just because being critical of Drinkwitz does not mean I want him fired, but yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's fair to say, you know, halftime was a chicken shit move. It's fair to say that an undisciplined team with loads and loads of penalties can be somewhat attributed to the head coach, not having everybody marching to the beat of the same drum. And, taking a clubbing for pointing that out like oh they're negative they love misery i'm just like i guess i mean what what do you want us to do like we've won 
two SEC East championships, and they haven't done really shit since then. So what do we want us to talk about? You know, we're yeah. not sunshine pumpers. We're not going to blow fucking rainbows up your ass. You know, <laughs> we'll tell you exactly what we see. And what we saw was a shitty football team playing really shitty football. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not being negative or being wallowing misery whenever you're just observing what is. And if you think what we're watching is good football, then please explain to us how that works because our eyes clearly are not operating in the same way that yours are because it's been bad and saying it's bad isn't bad. We're just dealing with reality on reality's terms. We're mad because we want them to be good. You know what I mean? It's not because we want them to be bad. We want it to change. And I mentioned Drink's press conference, Colin. He mentioned the word recruiting or recruits, I think, like six times in that press conference. He's clearly – I'm concerned that he's trying to keep these guys. He's basically written off this season and is focusing on recruiting, and he's all but admitting that this is not a team that's going to get him anywhere. <laughs> and the problem is that uh, Luther Burden is going to pick next week where he's going to go to school, and – this is a lot of Tiger fans have rested their hopes on this selection, and there's a lot of buzz that he's going to pick Mizzou or was going to pick Mizzou. But then you watch Georgia, number one team in the country, just railroad people left and right, just bowl over Kentucky. And then you watch what Mizzou does against Texas A&M. You'd be hard-pressed to say, I blame you if he didn't choose Missouri. Well, like I said, I think the future is still bright. We've got a big-time quarterback coming in. We've got several big-time recruits. Rinkwitz has got him missing four stars. Is anybody going to get us? I haven't jumped ship on Drakewitch yet. I still think he's a good play caller. I still think he's a pretty good coach. I, I just think he's, I think what Drinkwitz is really dealing with is a situation where he's just got a bad football team and he's never really had to deal with that before. He's, he's playing tight. He's a guy who's used to playing with a little bit of confidence and some, and some strut and he, there's nothing to strut about right now. And so he's, he finds himself a little bit unsure right now, unsure of himself, unsure of the football team. And I think, I, I think I can see that. You, know, you can that's, see it I mean, physically that, on him when he's in his press yeah. cards. He just he, he sort of exasperated, like, I don't know. I'm, I've always been able to do this. I've always been able to coach football. I've always been able to get results. I don't know what the fuck's going on with these idiots. I agree. And Colin, I, rolling back into uh, <laughs> being accused of being negative, I do want to say that uh, I was catching all kinds. I was getting dragged left and right for saying that Mizzou was going to lose by three touchdowns to Texas A&M. And people say, well, Vegas knows more than you do. Well, I just wanted to point out that the score was 35 to 14. 35 minus 14 equals 21 uh, divided by three. That's three touchdowns by my fucking math that we lost by. I can't believe more people didn't bet that. I mean, I shouldn't. I don't, I'm sure plenty of people did, but I, I know talking to our bookie, he was like, "Yeah, surprisingly, not a lot of people went with that." And I'm like, "I know that's. I figured people would bet the your freaking house payment on that." Yeah. But uh, <laughs> well, I did see the line move very late. It didn't move like I expected it to. I thought that line would jump up as people figured out what Missouri was throughout the season, but it got up to like maybe eleven, eleven and a half. I uh, it started at eight, but. It was all either one. You'll made money if you bet against the Tigers. They're zero and seven versus the spread this year, Colin. So I mean, they are not just losing football games. They're underperforming in wins, and they're losing by more than is expected. They're clearly underperforming. And Drinkwitz even said in his press conference again that maybe I got the fans too excited. We can't skip a step. And I guess this first step is stepping in fucking cow shit and just wallowing in it because we haven't skipped that step. We are still very much on that step. Yeah, this step is stepping in cow shit, tripping in that cow shit, and face planting. And another pile of cow shit. <laughs> and then sliding around and getting it from the front. Just getting it all over you. Mm-hmm. We all know that feeling of just being mired in cow shit. Yeah, we're covered in head to toe with shit. Cow, the, the, the wet kind, you know, that comes from good corn. Yeah. Almost stinks so bad it's sweet smelling. 
<laughs> sweet to the back of the throat. Oof. Yeah, that's the kind of shit we are in. Yep. And that's what we call step one. Yeah, that's Drinkowitz's step one. Getting covered <laughs> head to toe in absolute pancake batter shit. I cannot wait for step two. Whatever it is, it has to be better. <laughs> yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> well, Kyle, why don't we take our first break for the day, uh, come back and go around the horn. And I want to hear what people have thought. I haven't checked these voicemails out at all. So good God and help us. We may have to some heavy editing to do because usually I kind of comb through these beforehand and it's coming to us raw. Anyway, this is the Mazodcast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. We are back. Like I said, we do have a lot of voicemails, so why don't we just get into it, Colin? Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Hobo come. Hobo come. <laughs> there you go, Colin. You tried to make hobo come a thing, and you got your first hobo come. <laughs> it's a thing now. Hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? So I have an idea. Instead of talking about this fucking rancid fucking hobo cum... Hobo cum. Why don't we talk about, like, our quarter collections and shit? I actually have all 50 states. Pretty nice. Maybe we could be a book club. I'm reading a book about the invasion of Poland right now. Pretty interesting. Saves me from wanting to fucking slam my head off the wall watching this fucking horse shit. All right. Love you, bye. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Phil is endorsing, uh, books and quarter collections. That's yeah. where, that's how far we've fallen, Brennan. When coin collecting and book reading surpass your football team for entertainment value, you're mired in complete and total cow shit. And hobo cum. Hobo cum. <laughs> Which Phil also has endorsed. But yeah, Colin, I never thought I'd uh, be tempted to read a book, but here we are. I feel like just being a broken record at this point, defense literally can't stop anything. And why in the fuck are we punting at all? At all? Like, you, you go up there for a dummy count, and you fucking you get a false start called. You should still stay out there. Go for it. And then fourth and five, from the deepest you've been, with six minutes to go in the first quarter, and you're going to punt down 14 nothing. If you think you're going to stop Texas a Texas A&M is going to score every time they get the ball. Uh, th th this game's over. M-I-Z. <laughs> it's one of the sadder M-I-Zs we've had. That was a heartbroken M-I-Z. I'm going to make a compilation for the um, Oscars of sad M-I-Zs this year. <laughs> we are only like 12 minutes into this game. Texas A&M's already up 21 nothing. I'm going to go ahead and call it because... When your offense can't move the ball and your defense can't stop anybody, you're not going to win a lot of football games. We suck. Analysis. Analysis. 
It's not even the end of the first quarter, and I'm already fucking going to turn this goddamn game off. I cannot take this anymore. Basilac is fucking Hobocom. Hobocom. The defense is fucking Hobocom. <laughs> fucking whole team is fucking horrible. I'm so sick of this. This is a new low for Mizzou football. Maybe not, but it's a new low in a, a, a real long time. A couple years. Yep, Hobocom. Hot garbage. Hobocom. <laughs> It's catching on. All right. Well, I decided to enjoy my Saturday and schedule around to golf instead of watch the Missouri game. And like an idiot, I turned the Mizzou game on at 11 o'clock on my phone. And now it's 28-7, and I have rancid hobo cum dripping down my chin. Hobo cum. Oh, boy. Put in Tyler Macon. The season's shit anyway. And I fucking suck at golf. <laughs> well, you can join the club of sucking at golf. I think you got two members here. Yeah. First off, I just want to say thank you, Tyler Beatty. You're literally the only thing keeping me to tune in each week, other than the thicker kicker. And speaking of the thicker kicker, we are so, so bad at football, even worse on defense. Why do we punt the ball whatsoever? I don't care if we're on the 25. I do not care. Have that sick old boy line up and try a field goal. Anything. Take it to the fucking moon for all I care. But they're going to score no matter what. So what are we doing wasting our time punting the ball? It's boring. Not interesting. Let the thicker kicker pee. <laughs> thicker kicker's got fans. He sure does. What's up, gang? Carolina Jackpot. Coming at you. Boy, this is kind of disappointing for you guys. And i got to admit to you that I have four... 32-inch TVs mounted side-by-side side on the wall in uh, my double-wide trailer here in Simpsonville, South Carolina, because, number one, I enjoy college football, and, uh, number two, you can't hide money. And I just, I don't, defensively, to say y'all are bad is an understatement. And this coordinator y'all got, did he come from the NFL? He was an NFL head coach? What the fuck? But to that point, I can't say shit, because we have an offensive coordinator who came from the NFL. Now, granted, he was a fucking water boy for the Panthers, and his previous job was head coach at UT Martin, and he got fired from his head coaching job at UT Martin because he was trying to give his purple-headed trouser trout to a big old <laughs> milky jug co-ed. A lot of people don't know that, but it's true. And they're both just about as fucking effective. You've got holes that uh, you could drive the Amtrak Red Eye from Sacramento to uh, Bogalusa, Louisiana through. So things down get better for you right now. Uh, I, I don't know whether to shudder to play Texas A&M next week because they, you know, just look fucking amazing or to uh, lick our chops because uh, your run defense is it's hobo cum level. Hobo cum. And uh, <laughs> that's about it, guys. I hope this down second half tightens up and I hope y'all can play a little bit better. I'm looking forward to a great game in Como in a few weeks. M-I-Z-Z-O, me and you. Good luck, fuckers. See ya. <laughs> I'm not sure most of that was English. Well, uh, but, uh, yeah, Colin, I was going to... I enjoyed that he worked in the hobo cum. Yeah, I was going to tell you that I saw it was a two-minute and three-second voicemail. Normally, when I see that, we just skip right on by. 
But I saw it was Carolina Jackpot, and I wanted to hear what he had to say. But I will note that we get a little automated transcript that kind of does the sort of voice-to-text when we have our voicemails come in. And sure. most of the time, it reads them just fine. But Carolina Jackpot, the uh, computer struggles with. Yeah, it just says indecipherable. <laughs> That's right. It just says Southern. Yeah, it says, I couldn't say shit with a mouthful of it. <laughs> but you're right on all counts, Carolina Jackpot, and we love you. It's 35 to 14 now. Uh, we are getting shit punched in the mouth by uh, Texas A&M, and I'm just kind of sick of everyone on Twitter treating this like a, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, this fucking matters, bro. We're getting fucking blown up by Texas A&M. Not like they're not good, but this is room, there's room for concern here when Drinkwitz is doing this every fucking week, and I hate how people are drumming this up to a season that doesn't fucking matter. Oh, we don't have any fucking talent. Like, we have Tyler fucking baby. We have Bays like who should be playing good. He's playing like fucking hobo cum hot garbage today. Hobo cum. It's just fucking horrible, and I'm tired of everyone letting this shit slide. Drinkwitz needs to be held fucking accountable for this fucking shit. It's just awful hobo cum. Hobo cum. Fucking shit. <laughs> 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 the listeners listen. I'll tell you what. I've, uh, I'm 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 so happy that they've taken uh, hobo come to heart. Well, it's it's just so perfectly sums up this season. <laughs> yeah. Well, if uh yeah if we were going to print up T-shirts about this season, that's definitely the logo. 2021 hobo come hobo come. Grant McKinnis shouldn't ever punt a ball the rest of the year. It's not because anything he did wrong, he's a great punter. It's that our defense isn't capable as a unit. Fourth and 19 in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left, you're down 35-14, and you're going to fucking punt? Are you kidding me? Why? Like, why? What's the point? I I don't get it, guys. I really don't. It's hot garbage. Hot garbage. It's hot dog water. Hot dog water. It's fucking hobo cum. Hobo cum. It's, it's all of the above. And if Steve Wilkes, I agree with you guys that Steve Wilkes is probably going to finish out the, the whole season as our defensive coordinator, but guys, you'll be lucky if he gets a fucking high school defensive coordinator job next season. It's fucking ridiculous. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Hey, uh, tip for Mizzou fans. Uh, I made a decision. I was in uh, Boston at the game when Jalen Carley's got run over. My, my fandom was placed on hold. I emotionally detached from the Tigers, and ever since then, I have bet the other team, and I've made a lot of money doing that, so I'm just telling you, bet the other team, take your emotions out of it, and make some money. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Hobo cum. Hobo cum. Well done, sir. Yeah, and I mean, he's not wrong. We're 0-7 versus the spread. That's pretty easy money. Hey, also, I've been president of the Connor Basilac fan club. I've been the one calling in defending him, and I'm not abandoning it yet because the offensive line sucks and the receivers are hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. But, man, those of you who are anti-Connor, I'm starting to feel you. I am really starting to feel you hard. I'm not bailing yet, but catch me in two weeks, three weeks. We'll see uh, how I'm feeling on that. Hobo come. Hobo come. <laughs> <laughs> he snuck that one in on me. Yeah, he sure did. Hey, boys, this was a complete shit show. It was hobo cum. 
<laughs> Hobo com. Jerry can go fuck himself. Right now. That was uh, an embarrassment. The whole operation is hobo. <laughs> Oh boy, it's becoming a, a creature all its own now. That's right. Seriously, when was the last time that we were this bad? It wasn't this bad under Odom. And Odom was a fucking train wreck. He was hot dog water. Hot dog water. He was the worst. And drink is topping it. By leaps and bounds, he's topping it. No discipline, no being able to run a play. I'm not on board with the coach Thorpe. He can beat <laughs> it, and uh, it's hobo. Hobo come. <laughs> <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Punkus by Watches are fucking trash. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm a big fan of this call, Colin. I know he didn't work in our favorite uh, catchphrase, but uh, he's right. Pumpkin spice lattes are, are trash, and I appreciate his absolute non sequitur phone call. Pumpkin spice lattes are fucking cinnamon. You don't like pumpkin, you like fucking cinnamon. Just get over it. It's a wide awakening for you fucking fall lovers out there. If you like pumpkin spice latte, you just like fucking cinnamon. Ta-da. Put like cinnamon, cinnamon on stuff. And I like pumpkin latte, spice lattes. Everyone who likes cinnamon likes pumpkin spice lattes, Colin, because it is just fucking cinnamon. Well, I'm down with the cinnamon. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's not its own thing. It's just cinnamon. Well, you fellas know this was going to fucking happen. But another shit show. I mean, they were talking about Steve Wilkes. Oh, we talked to him and we're, you know, he's, he's all about recruiting and that guy, he's a fucking dipshit. Like I said <laughs> before. But the good thing is, is I made a little money this weekend betting on Texas A&M because I knew their defense was just going to kill us. All right, goodbye. Love you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sad that so many of our own fans are betting against Mizzou. But, I mean, when you see it on the board, you see the line, you think, well, it's pretty easy money. So today out of nowhere, I mean, I didn't eat anything all day, nothing. I just get fucking this sudden rush of hot, dirty diarrhea and I had to absolutely destroy some poor Chick-fil-A bathroom. I couldn't figure out what it caused it, but then I realized I'd been listening to the zoo game all day, and your ears can only take so much hot, ropey, frothy hobo cum. Hobo cum. Before you completely <laughs> shit yourself. Thanks a lot, little dude. <laughs> You've all made me so happy. Alright, gotta get this out. So, you can't <laughs> He didn't have to get it out, I guess. He, he couldn't. It was tough. It's toughy. What's up, fuckers? It's Carolina Jackpot again. It's Sunday morning right now. Things could always be worse. That can always be worse. We came within a cunt hair of losing to fucking Vanderbilt today. Fuck it, we had to bring graduate assistant off the damn bench to lead us to a come-from-behind win over fucking Vandy. And this ain't no cool old Bull Durham-type washed-up ball player story. This is a sad story. SEC level, can't even compete, have to bring in these type players to win fucking ball games. Absolute hot dog water. Hot dog water. Texas A&M is going to murder us next weekend. Now, y'all go in balls deep in a few weeks, too. Fuck, I hate football.
<laughs> Keep up your spirits, Carolina Jackpot. You'll be back. You've got four fucking TVs set up in your double wide trailer. You have not quit on football. Well, everybody was a little down, Colin, but understandably so. But that uh, voicemail segment buoyed my spirits. <laughs> It's funny how we hadn't had, we were waiting for our first hobo come to arrive, and then it came when it, when hobo come comes at you, it comes in a tidal wave. Yeah, it was it was a bukkake of hobos. <laughs> it's, it was it was a bukkake voicemail this week. It, it gets tiring talking about Mizzou football this season, the year of the hobo come. So why don't we take a broader view and go around the horn with the SEC? We. Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And Colin, would you fire up the Paul Feinbot? Will do. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. So the first game I've got for you, Colin, is a boring motherfucker because we all knew how this would turn out. Alabama went to Mississippi State, and though it was a road game in Starville, Mississippi, uh, they didn't give a shit. Forty-nine to nine, Alabama crushes Mike Leach's Bulldogs. <laughs> Not surprising. A game that I was a little bit more interested in another part of Alabama, Auburn, took on Arkansas. This was in Fayetteville, I believe. Arkansas is still ranked number 17th in the country despite losing by one point to Ole Miss the week before. Auburn didn't have much trouble with the Hogs of Sam yeah. Pittman. 38-23 to 23 was the final. The uh, Hogs were riding high in the saddle. But uh, things are coming apart. You're right about that. Two straight losses. They now sit four and three. Just one game better than us, really, in the record book, even though uh, taking different paths to get there. I got a feeling that ranking is going to fall pretty quick. I, I like that bet. Another interesting game, Colin, was uh, embattled head coach Ed Ogeron and his LSU Tigers took on number 20, Florida. This one was in Death Valley. But uh, like we said, Florida came in four and two on the day. And people thought, you know, they're ranked number 20. LSU had been struggling that uh, Florida would get out of Baton Rouge with a win. Didn't turn out that way. Second half scoring for LSU put them over the top 49 to 42. And uh, then came some news that Ed Ogeron may be parting ways at the end of this season out of uh, LSU. And have you been hearing that reporting as well, Colin? I saw it on Twitter. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a big surprise to anyone, although this was a huge win for him because it would have been the first time in in the three years that he's been the head coach, that they would have lost three games in a row, and he was able to stave that off. But I think part of it, I mean, LSU was sort of having their way with Florida, and then they gave up a Hail Mary at the end of the half and then let Florida back in this game. So, I mean, despite the fact that they won, nothing about the way they won this game probably took any heat off of Ed Ogeron's seat. Oh, hot, 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 You should be fired. That South Carolina game that uh, Carolina Jackpot had mentioned earlier, uh, Carolina versus Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt finds always interesting, heart-crushing ways to lose, and they did so against South Carolina. They were winning by, uh, I think, a touchdown. 
going into the final minute of the game, and they just let South Carolina prance down the field with a backup quarterback to mm-hmm. win by a point, 21 to 20. Vanderbilt now sits two and five on the season, and South Carolina gets above the Mendoza line. They're now four and three, but did not look good, as Carolina Jackpot alluded to. In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. And then, of course, one of the bigger games of the night, the late game, Ole Miss took on Tennessee at Knoxville, a renewed fan base at Tennessee. Tennessee's back. That's what we were hearing at the beginning of this game. You saw the big checkerboard pattern in the stands. People mm-hmm. were going wild They and knew crazy. they had to put on a show. Tennessee got down early and then fought their way back in the second half, but at the end it wasn't enough, and they lost 31-26 to to Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebs, and uh, there was a kind of a controversial call at the end, a controversial play that Tennessee fans did not agree with, and it led to, obviously, what became the story of the night, a showering of trash and garbage and bottles and golf balls onto the field, making Lane Kiffin's 82-year-old father having to run inside. The cheerleaders had to put boards over their head and abandon the field uh, because Tennessee fans are fucking animals. You're right about that. Yep. They are trash. And uh, we've said it since we've joined the SEC. They've, they've never really hidden the fact that they're trash. And so it doesn't seem, and none of this is surprising, really. No. I, I think the best thing, is, if you go to our Twitter, you'll see it. Like they're, they're one of their color, their color guy, one of their radio announcer were literally. It was a, a, just like a radio talk jock, I think. Oh, okay. I just, I just thought that he, uh, basically said, you know, anybody saying we're in a, a bad fan base is, uh, is really, really wrong. And I'm willing to fight you to, to prove it. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, it took Pat Forty to task for calling out the fan yeah, base. Yeah, you know, uh, nobody, you're not allowed at our radio station. Anybody has you on, I will fight because nothing says we're not trash like threatening to fight them. Yeah, that's like I think you said in your tweet. uh, Totally normal behavior from the totally normal fan base. Yeah, nothing says normal like a grown man threatening to fight his coworkers if they have Pat Forty on their radio show. Yeah, you know, and and it's the president and the athletic director of Tennessee are making apologies directly to Ole Miss. And I always see these things happen, and you think, well, there's no way you could possibly even try to attempt to defend this. It's utterly indefensible, and yet you see Tennessee fans trying to defend it. I love it. SDS had a, a meme they'd made. I saw they shared it on Instagram and Twitter both. And you just go to the comment section, and it's just a sea of Tennessee fans being like, well, the fucking officiating was terrible, and you can't blame Tennessee fans for being upset. Blah, 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 blah. An excuse, excuse, excuse. Sure, we all belong in an asylum, but um, we have a reason, I guess. <laughs> They're the worst. I mean, they showed their ass, and I was kind of happy about it because it's what we always thought them to be, and they just prove it to the world now. And then, of course, there was the Missouri-Texas A&M game, which we've talked about ad nauseum, but uh, that was the docket for this week. Looking forward to next week, uh, the mighty Arkansas team that we just talked about has a two-game losing streak, which will likely be snapped as they take on Arkansas Pine Bluff at home for the 11 o'clock game on SEC Network. That just is uh, the last, I think, of their paid victories. Boring. Yep. And then uh, LSU is going to Ole Miss. This will be an interesting one. Ole Miss now sitting at 5-1 and one after defeating that horrid Tennessee team. LSU uh, also coming off their big win against Florida. 
I have the suspicion that Ole Miss is not going to have much trouble with LSU. LSU just does not look like an impressive team. And though the last two weeks have been closer than maybe they would have liked, Ole Miss continues to beat quality teams. I don't know. I, I still think that LSU is a, is a tough out from just for anybody. And I, while Ole Miss has a powerful offense and, uh, I, you know, LSU is a tough out and I'm not sold on, on, uh, Ole Miss as far as a, being a top tier contender. You know, I feel like they're the top of the second tier, but they're not ready to play with Georgia and they're not ready to play with Alabama. I think LSU could give them it, give them all they want. No, I, I understand, but I also think that uh, you don't have to be in Alabama or Georgia this year to beat LSU. They're pretty, they're pretty flawed. Florida no, couldn't I mean, get it done, but, uh, but yeah, it should be a good matchup. Certainly, it's always a good SEC battle. Paul, who do you think can win this one? LSU. No, well, he agrees with you. I guess I kind of look at um, Florida and Old Miss as sort of the same team, which is why I think, hey, LSU managed to get it done against Florida. I just feel like Florida and Old Miss being sort of more or less the same thing that LSU could could beat them as well. Sure, I get it. Paul agrees with you. He thinks LSU. So let's move on down to Mississippi State now three and three taking on two and five Vanderbilt. It's going to be in Nashville, but give me a break. Fucking Vanderbilt can't win against. It couldn't beat South Carolina. They're not going to be able to beat Mississippi State either. No, I don't think so. I think Mike Leach will air it out and probably put up a lot of points on them. Paul, who do you got in this one? Mississippi State. Tennessee, fresh off their loss to Ole Miss, is taking on number now four, Alabama, six and one. Tennessee is due for their bloodletting. Alabama's a 27 and a half point favorite in this one. They'll need all of it. Yep. Be prepared. Paul, um, should, I'm just going to have you guess, Paul, just for your own sake, because I know you love to say it. Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. There you have it. And then South Carolina will be taking on Texas A&M, fresh off their win against Mizzou. It's going to be in Kyle Field. Texas A&M is a heavy 19-point favorite over South Carolina. Only 8.5, 9 over Missouri, but after that 21-point beat down there, favored by 19 over these Gamecocks, which it'll be interesting to see who's worse. Race to the bottom. Mizzou, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. It's a murderer's row of shitty football. Yep. But uh, obviously Texas A&M is going to win this one. I don't know if they can cover, but they're certainly going to win. Texas A&M. And that'll do it for Around the Horn. We've covered it all. Mizzou will have a bye next week. Colin, mercifully, there is no Tigers game next week. Yeah, that's a, that is – we need it. I think everybody needs a moment to recharge, especially this football team. I mean, I think our buys couldn't have come at better times for us this season, but at the same time, it uh, hasn't helped. Yeah, absolutely. All right, why don't we uh, – Cheer up, as we always do. This has been our saving grace, Colin, as we end the show. We uh, see what's going on in Kansas. It always makes me feel a little bit better, no matter what Mitsu did on the field on Saturday. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, and sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day, Kansas woman adopts puppy treated at OSU for upside down paws. Okay. <laughs> That's, uh, it sounds like a disease made up by a fake vet. Well, what they've got there is like upside a, down like paws. A, sounds like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's just got a case of upside down paws. I've seen this a hundred times. Yeah, he's got a gnome living in his stomach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got an evil spirit in your ear. That's your problem. <laughs> a puppy born with upside down paws has had corrective surgery and is now headed for a permanent home after her final checkup. Siggy was born in Texas and spent some time in Oklahoma before her life-changing surgery appointment. And now she's moving one state further north 
to Kansas. So the dog says, leave my paws the way they are and keep me out of Kansas. I'll be happy. Yeah, I was going to say this. This dog's had it rough enough to go as it is. You really want to move it to Kansas? Yeah. With all the work and the effort of, of, of correcting its upside down paws, and then you're going to force it to live in Kansas? I mean, think about the money that was wasted on the surgery. I can only imagine that with his new paws and their, and the dexterity within those paws that he's going to put a rifle in his mouth and blow his own head off. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe he would just like use his new paws to run away from Kansas, but yeah, sure, maybe put a rifle in his mouth. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Your version of the story is plausible too, I suppose. Colin, you've watched, I'll give you a break. You've watched seven Missouri Tiger football games this year. Thinking about puppies putting rifles in their mouth is probably where most of our states of mind are. Well, have you uh, ever seen that episode of South Park with Paris Hilton and she keeps, ha- that her dogs keep uh, blowing their heads off? I yeah. assume that's what this dog is going to do. <laughs> and now having been moved to Kansas. Yeah. It looked like a baby alligator. Exclusive interview with Kansas man about prehistoric fish catch. Biologists investigate. So apparently there's some odd-shaped, malformed sea creature that's just an abomination to the earth Nature. that uh, showed up in Kansas. Well, Brendan, as we all know, there are waterways and, uh, and uh, ponds, lakes, and rivers are full of human shit. That's so I'm true. sure that has an adverse effect on the wildlife. It does. A Kansas man reeled in a prehistoric fish, which some have called a living fossil, marking the first time it's been documented in Kansas. A historic moment for the state. In the exclusive interview with the Kansas Capitol Bureau, Danny Lee, better known as Butch Smith, of course his name is Butch, the angler who caught the fish, spoke for the first time about his remarkable catch. He said, my poor little boat oar, it used to go together. It just snapped it. Smith said as he recounted the moment he hauled the massive fish onto his boat. Smith is no stranger to reeling in large fish. On Thursday, he caught almost a 30-pound big river blue catfish or what he calls a Mississippi white. However, on a warm night last late last month, he was shocked to find out what was on the end of his line. I got him in the boat and I could see his teeth crunching. I knew he wasn't normal. I mean, he looked like a baby alligator. The avid fisherman was not far off. Biologists identified the fish as a nearly 40-pound, four-and-a-half-foot alligator gar. The fish is the largest of its kind and can be traced back nearly 100 million years, but is not native to Kansas. I don't think it's a gar. It's probably just, you know, like a, probably just a crappie that's been so mutated and, and malformed by human shit in their waterways that, uh, you know, here we are. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Now, obviously, what is a Kansas biologist anyway? I don't know. Kansas woman finds and meets her father for the first time at 35 years old. Well, sounds like a deadbeat dad in Kansas. Shocking. Is that really news? No. At 35 years old, Megan McGuire waited anxiously at the airport for a moment most daughters are too young to remember. My heart is racing, McGuire said while swaying back and forth nervously. I've been wanting to find him for a long time. When McGuire learned at a young age that the man she thought was her biological father wasn't, she set out to find her real dad. My goodness gracious. Sounds like mama was a bit of a Kansas whore. (laughs) Well, it sounds like a very uh, Jerry Springer type situation. Who's the dad? (laughs) Yeah. After not knowing for nearly 20 years, an ancestry DNA kit pointed her to Baltimore, Maryland last month. Wasting no time, Raymond Holston, who did not want to be found, bought a flight, (laughs) bought a ticket to meet his long lost daughter. After 35 years, they embraced an intense, emotional, and I'm sure awkward moment. 
And then he asked to borrow money. <laughs> and he kissed her a little too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who clearly he had a bo- had a baby and was so sickened by the thought of having created another Kansan, had to leave his yeah. family and abandon his responsibilities. Yeah. He's so shamed. So it felt so much shame for having created yet another Kansan. I mean, who can blame him, really? You know what I mean? Yeah, and what a move to make. Like, what if the guy didn't want to be found? Or worse yet, like, what if he shows up at the airport and he's got, like, a swastika tattooed on his arm or something? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe you I, aren't going to want to be around this dude. My name's William, but my friends call me White Power Bill. <laughs> <laughs> he, he created a baby in Kansas. The chances are high. Yep, that's right. And the final story for the day. Kansas took on Texas Tech, who is uh, not ranked, but they are 5-2 and two on the season. And Kansas had their one big win early on, but has been searching for that first Big 12 win. They didn't get it today as Texas Tech Red Raiders ran all over the Kansas Jayhawks, 41-14. to 14. Kansas is now one and five on the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's nice to have a rival who never lets you down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as bad as we have, as bad as we get, as bad as it's been, we're still not Kansas. That's right. There's always something to look forward to, and that thing is almost always we're not Kansas. Well, Colin, we've uh, we've about done it, and we have two important things we need to get through, and I think it might be easy again. It's been fairly easy this year. Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Tough to award these whenever we're not doing well, but we've got to do it. We're contractually obligated by Kirk Farmer's hair. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Who you want it to well, be? It's easy. It's easy. It's it's the same guy it always is. Tyler Brady. I mean, who else are you, who else are you gonna pick? No, it is always Tyler Beatty, and you mentioned that he put up a, a highlight reel performance this week. He did it last week against Northern Texas, too. I mean, he was bouncing off guys. He is uh, – I, I think we saw a tweet, and maybe you retweeted it yesterday, Colin, where it was just this is hot rod. Ducati or something in the – Yeah, and <laughs> under a, a, a lean-to. The, the of carport. A, <laughs> of a trailer. It could have been Car- Caroline Jackpot's place. I don't know. But uh, anyway, it perfectly described what Beatty has been to the Tigers this year. An absolute yep. all-star. High-performance vehicle. Yeah, sitting in a dumpster. So congrats, Tyler Beatty, even though it's sort of a dubious honor this year. And it gets us to uh, the other category, and I think we both have a sense of what we're going to do with this one, Colin. If you if you are in the same mind I am, it's time for the douche of the week. The TJ Mo douche of the week. Douche of the week. TJ Mo, obviously a, a former great slot receiver from Missouri Tigers, turned into a huge fucking douchebag. Who deserves to be honored with an award name for this giant douche? Well, I mean, I think uh, what we Tennessee fan base pretty much uh, takes the cake. I don't know who else you would nominate. I mean, they are absolutely the worst, and they proved it once again, and to everyone. That was the only game going on. We all saw it. Everybody who doesn't have any connection to Tennessee thinks they're the worst, and it was terrible and embarrassing. Um, well, and it's they, they've uh, they doubled down on the douche too. I mean, like not only were they douchey last night as fans, but now today all they do is just they're they're not hat in hand, apologetic, you know, like contrite they're just like we are justified in our lunacy that has been their take and that's and i'm just like god you guys just uh i don't know it it's, makes it pretty easy to say yeah you deserve the tjmo douche of the week 
Man, the uh, the mustard bottle that they showed the picture of. I know people talked about it, but the first thing I thought was like, where are you getting an entire, like a, a full-size bottle of French's mustard? You had to bring that in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're not LSU eating corn dogs all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I just tell you, I tell you what, though, I just, I just look at it and I thought, I mean, gosh, if you're going to be like TJ Mo, who is, I mean, is as good as anybody's doubling down on being wrong. It's this Tennessee fan base. I mean, they are douche-tastic. And Lane Kiffin basically trolled them as sort of expertly as possible. I mean, they threw a golf ball at him. and <laughs> I mean, we laugh because they are so douchey, but what they did was fucking dangerous and wrong and that bad. And people were like, oh, it's a few overzealous fans. No, it was a lot of fucking people. It was a lot of garbage. Obviously, Tennesseans bring a lot of garbage to the game. And uh, and Colin, it made me think, how do you not think about Bush Jones' trash can, who, which was so desperately needed last night? Yep, yep. Well, it couldn't uh, happen to a better fan base. I no. think it's uh, if 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 the national audience didn't know what a rancid sack of hobo cum their uh, their fan base is, they got to uh, they got to see it last night. Hobo cum. Mercifully, we are going to be free from a little bit of hobo cum, as Missouri I mentioned is having its bye week next week. Couldn't come at a better time, but two weeks from now. Halloween weekend, we'll be back at it, and we'll be facing what could be one of the few opportunities we have left for a win. Obviously, we're going to Nashville to play Vanderbilt, so I don't know. I mean, we should be able to beat Vanderbilt, but as we've said all year, when you have no defense, how can you bet on us? Yeah, it's uh, it's impossible, honestly. Anyway, it's been real, and it's been fun. But, but it ain't been real fun. Yeah. So, we get a week off to rest and uh, lick our wounds, as we always have to do, but till then, I guess, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.